Welcome to Coffee with Catholic Workers, a podcast made by and for Catholic workers. I'm Theo. And I'm Lydia. We've both been a part of Catholic Worker for the last decade or so, and we're excited to bring to you conversations with Catholic workers uh, from around the country and around the world. This is our final installment in a three, three-part series on labor within the Catholic worker movement. Joe Cruz joins us today from Minneapolis. Joe, Joe grew up connected to the Catholic worker, helped start the Minneapolis Catholic worker, and has participated in unionized labor in his workplace. So we'll go right to Joe. Um, well, Joe, could you maybe uh, introduce yourself and just tell us a little bit about your connection to the Catholic worker movement? Yeah, for sure. So I'm I'm Joe Cruz, and I live in Minneapolis, uh, Minnesota. And um, my connection to the Catholic worker uh, started when I was pretty young. Uh, when I was like eight or nine, my parents started a Catholic worker community in the town I grew up in, La Crosse, Wisconsin, with a group of their friends. Um, and it wasn't like a, uh, it wasn't like a community house that, that we lived in. Um, it was, it was, it was in a house on the South side of La Crosse and it was kind of like a, just like an informal, like Catholic worker style soup kitchen. They did like two or three meals a week. Um, so we, so we went there regularly. So like, like that was kind of a part of our family's like weekly rhythm was going to that, going to that, um that Catholic worker house is called place of grace. Um, and it's still around today. And, uh, and yeah, and it was just, it, it, it became very much a part of the Catholic worker kind of like ethos was like in the backdrop of my childhood and was, you know, interwoven to my understanding of our family's Catholicism. But it was like this taken for granted thing that I didn't fully explore, obviously, really when I was a kid or when I was in high school. It was just like I knew I knew Dorothy. I knew the name Dorothy Day. I knew that that we had a Catholic worker in town and that I went to it a lot. But like the the history and the depth and the fact that it was like this, you know, global thing, I didn't I wasn't really aware of. So so I have roots. Uh, in the Catholic worker in that way. And then in my early 20s, I so I went to uh, what brought me to Minneapolis was going to school at the U of M, um, going to undergrad there. And when I graduated from college, uh, uh, kind of that last, like my last two years of school, um, kind of rediscovered the Catholic worker or just like, uh, like, yeah, dove into it for, for the first time, really. And it was that process it's kind of a long story but it was like connected to my own um personal development of my own spirituality and trying to like reconcile my uh developing political beliefs with my my faith tradition um and the catholic worker really helped me rediscovering the catholic worker really helped me like uh make that connection and that reconciliation happen so so yeah so my early 20s like really dove in hard to the catholic worker world and and basically became convinced that i was like this is the thing that i want to do at this time in my life so so then when i finished undergrad went on a road trip with uh, uh a few friends um all over the country visiting catholic worker communities and other kind of like uh intentional christian communities kind of into like new monastic 
uh, wave that was like happening around that time. Uh, yeah. And then on that, and my thought at that point was like, I'm going to find a community that, that, uh, you know, needs help or that maybe I could find a place in for a while. But on that trip and kind of conversing with the friends I was traveling with, we made the decision for better or for worse to to uh, start a community in Minneapolis, a Catholic worker um, type community in Minneapolis. And many at that point, Minneapolis didn't have like a Catholic worker. There there were similar communities like the Mennonite worker at that time was known as Missio Day. That was around very much in the Catholic worker kind of ethos. Um, and there had been a Catholic worker there uh, in years, years uh, in the past, but uh, but at that time there wasn't, and and uh, and I had connections there, and a few of my friends had connections in Minneapolis. So, so yeah, so then moved to moved back to Minneapolis, and this would have been like 2012, I think, and then started uh, the what we called the Rye House community at that point. Um, and then did that. I, and then the Rye House. And then we eventually started to call it the Minneapolis Catholic Worker. And that was like for almost eight, nine years. That was kind of like what I dedicated myself to um, uh, up until the pandemic, basically. And then my life changed a lot. <laughs> um, so that's, yeah, that I know I, that was a long answer to your question. But that's kind of like my, that's my, my roots in the Catholic Worker. We're used to those uh, long answers for sure. I know. I'm going to try to, I want to break the mold and give you, give you all short, concise answers. <laughs> That's my goal. No, I, I feel like, I feel like we, we did have one guest who, like when I was talking to them, they're like, felt like they were talking too long. It's like, no, everything you're saying is very interesting <laughs> and stuff, you know? <laughs> so you've, uh, you've had a particular interest in thinking about like cat, the Catholic worker and Catholic worker thought as it relates to labor uh, in recent years, right? Can, do, can you lay some of that out for us and, and particularly for folks who don't know that history or don't know some of that thought? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, so I, I, um, oh, I'm trying to think of where to start. So I, I think like in the past, throughout the past, maybe like five six years i just personally have uh gotten um increasingly engaged in the labor movement in in minneapolis and uh in thinking about and trying to understand uh, uh the labor movement and what unions are and and what they do and um and i was in a, a union for for uh for several years when I was working as a, um, a butcher at a grocery store, um, I was a part of United Food and Commercial Workers. Our local was 663. So, so plugged into the union world kind of through my union. And, um, and, uh, and then I also connected to some like local organizations in the Twin Cities who, who do work, um, who do work in the labor world. Like I, I went for a while to like the the DSA, the Twin Cities DSA labor branch meetings, um, and uh, and then there's there was like uh, uh, like a a group of people who were very connected to the IWW, 
um, who who I uh, who I've connected with, and and I went to a couple IWW meetings as well. So yeah, so just personally, like I was becoming increasingly interested in the labor movement, and and then like politically, I think I was also experiencing a shift um, and just my own understanding of like capitalism and 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 racial capitalism and how and how racism and and patriarchy and sexism are all connected to our um to our economic system um and that like you can't really uncouple those things like you know what i mean like you you can't you can't really have uh you couldn't work for an anti-racist world or a world free from racism without also confronting and and working to undo capitalism and the, and then the same is true like you couldn't you obviously can't you know confront capitalism without adequately addressing racism for example uh so becoming more aware of like the the ways in which those things are connected and and understanding class and class tension um and conflict in in a new way uh was all a part of that it was like it was also my just my growing kind of politicization uh, around the economy was was also a part of kind of what was bringing me into the labor movement in a deeper way. So that was happening while I was at while I was still a part of and living at the Minneapolis Catholic Worker, and I I I think at that time I was I was kind of dismayed by the fact that like um, I didn't my experience of the Catholic Worker was was one in which I was very like uh, plugged into various social movements and, you know, participating in a lot of activism, doing a lot of like one-off, you know, direct actions and um, civil disobedience and, and all that sort of, that sort of like bread and butter of the Catholic worker world that I knew. And there was very little, if any connection between the Catholic worker and the labor movement in my experience. And I knew, I mean, I know that that's like, that's not fully true. There, there are Catholic worker communities who who have been connected to to the labor movement in in significant ways for a very long time and continue to be in this in like our contemporary time. But like by and large, at least the Catholic worker that I was experiencing didn't seem to be super connected to the labor movement or uh, really like I mean working class people uh, in, in in a super significant way. Um, and so that like disconnection, I found to be really interesting. Uh, and it kind of like led me to do some of my own just like personal research on, on the Catholic workers connection to the labor movement. And, um, and as I learned, and I think, you know, mo most people who like, who, you know, have, who have looked into Dorothy Day and the Catholic worker probably already know is like, there's a deep and rich relationship between the Catholic worker and the labor movement, especially in the early days of the, of the movement, like in the thirties and the forties, arguably that was like the Catholic workers kind of primary focus. Dorothy Day's maybe primary focus was, was on the labor movement. Like the first issue of the Catholic worker, I think most of the, the articles in it were focused on different, on different labor struggles. Um, and, uh, and then like, and then a lot of the early activism of the Catholic worker um, was like, was in solidarity with workers who are on strike or, you know, 
or uh or like yeah participating in in various like labor struggles like um yeah there and there's all sorts of like really cool examples of how like early catholic worker was was um plugged into the the labor movement um and uh yeah and then and then i think and i don't know if this is maybe going too far down a rabbit hole but i i think that the the catholic worker um as it kind of expanded and as the political climate in our country changed i think the emphasis on um on both like anti-war activism and uh and like the the kind of emergence of like what became to be known as like the new left uh and then also like the the um agrarian kind of emphasis the catholic worker emphasis on like the agrarian uh, communities i think those kind of factors all combine to to uh to like lessen the catholic workers um connection to to the labor movement in, in some ways and that's kind of i i don't that's like a theory almost that i've been playing around with like trying to answer this question like why is it that i was a member of the catholic worker for eight years and was never invited through the catholic world worker world to like walk the picket walk a picket line right like why was that the case whereas if i would have become a catholic worker in 19 35 that would have been a primary like uh thing i would have been doing um so i'm like trying to answer I, and, I, and i don't know really what the answer is like why why is that reality um why is that the case and um i think that's my, my guess is like the the kind of just like shifting uh emphasis of of the the worker generally so i don't know if that if that <laughs> yeah this is kind of rambly i'm not sure if that covers exactly what you're looking for or if you want me to uh kind of expound on any of that i think that's that's helpful i also wonder i i don't know off the top of my head that i could throw out numbers but i also believe that during the time the catholic workers started compared to um in 2000 there was a much higher percentage of the workforce also in unions is that accurate yeah um I wouldn't want to throw out estimates of numbers, though. No, that I think that's right. I think like I think it was like a third of all Americans during that time were were in unions from like the, you know, beginning of the 20th century up into the the 60s and 70s. Um, and now that's much smaller. I I don't know what I think it's like nine or I forget. It's like it's it's a much smaller amount of unionized workers. So I think that I think that's definitely a part of it. It's just like it was like a bigger piece of like the the national kind of um, political scene. And then also it was it was the and not only that, but it was like in addition to that, the labor struggles that were happening were like very uh, like big. A lot of them were very big and like radical and like threatening to the you know especially in the 30s to the to the, like the established economic order um so i imagine if you were if you were alive and like you know on, on the left or whatever during that time the the labor movement was like the center of gravity would be my guess could you talk maybe a little bit about like what is labor in general especially like from a, like a catholic worker perspective what is this idea of labor and why is it important to the Catholic worker? Oh, that's a good question. 
Well, there. So Dorothy Day writes a lot about labor, and she um, obviously is very impacted by like Catholic social teaching. So a lot of the ways in which she writes about labor, um, and I think especially like the early Catholic workers thought about labor was was in the context of like these these um, you know these really significant important Catholic. Uh, like papal encyclicals, like Rerum Novarum, um, the one that Pope Pius wrote that I can't, I can't pronounce the name of it. It's like it's like Quadraciano or something like that. Uh, and these these were encyclicals that one like I in my understanding very firmly put the Catholic Church kind of like on the side of organized labor. I mean, they were very, in those encyclicals, they were very critical of, um, very critical of, of both capitalism and communism and tried to like, you know, it, it find this like third way between those two um, economic orders. Uh, and, and, you know, the, a lot of those encyclicals went to lengths to like ensure uh, people that the Catholic church is not like, uh, is not like, uh, communist or socialist uh, organization or entity, but uh, the Catholic Church does like stand with workers' right to uh, organize collectively on the job to like fight for better working conditions against their employer um, and the capitalists who own their production. Uh, so, so, so Dorothy and the early Catholic workers were really influenced by these encyclicals. Um, and then the, the, another, to, to answer your question, uh, another aspect of these encyclicals were kind of emphasizing like this, the like dignity of labor, that like labor and working uh, with our hands is like, uh, is like this sacred duty that human beings have and that we that when we do that, our labor is is like a is a holy thing that helps God co-create the world. Like we co-create the world with God with our work, and so and so for them, like work, work isn't just if work just becomes this like this this the means that we that we use to like you know get a paycheck and eat food, or, or and like and like pay for our you know, our, our lives. And that's all that it is, that it's just kind of this thing that we have to do. Then, then it is like, uh, we're not living into the, the full potential of what, of what God wants our labor to be. Like God wants our labor to be this thing that's like generative and life-giving and, um, and not like soul crushing. So that kind of was like undergirding there. I think part partially undergirding their involvement in the labor movement was like, was like you know uh, the you know the industrial revolution kind of resulted in in a lot of jobs that were like very unsafe, uh, degrading, monotonous, and they saw and, and then like ex, and you know very ex, exploited like like crappy crappy pay, um, uh, just like all you know generally just like very exploitative working conditions. And so I think Dorothy Day and the early Catholic workers um, saw this as like an, an affront to to God's um, to God's intention of what work should be. 
And and so plugging into the labor movement and, and fighting for better working conditions with the working class is is uh, working towards um, you know the God's intention of what of what work should be. Um, yeah, so I don't know if that if that makes sense, but but yeah, the dig dignity of work uh, and like kind of the 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 sacredness of of labor is a was a big theological like um, I don't know a big theological center of gravity for for Dorothy and the Catholic workers during that time. And I think it's like, isn't there a part of the the aims and means that's like uh, about labor? And it kind of it kind of says that in a much better way than I just did. Um, but I think, but I think that that's, you know, was it was it was, and I think for a lot of Catholic workers, probably still is a, a big component of of uh, what the what the Catholic workers should be about. And so, what is the the current relevance uh, in the moment for labor? I mean, you could look historically yeah. of like these large like railroad strikes or miners' strikes, and right. you know these very huge. Um, national labor movements, um, but what is what is sort of the importance of the moment now for our listeners to to know about labor movements or to be aware of or supportive of? Yeah, that's a great question. I I think there's a few a few thoughts that come to mind for me. One is that I do think that there there so there hasn't been a super significant uptick in the amount of people in in unions in like recent years there has there has been some but it's not like huge i do think what is true however is that people have been engaging in workplace organizing and there i think there's been like a a politicization politicization of of workers and working class people in recent years that is very significant um, and really important. And that and that kind of um, polit- that action doesn't necessarily happen under the, like the umbrella of like capital U unions, like, you know, like, um, like these, you know, the organizations that we think of when we hear the word unions, like, like, um, like, lo- you know, various lo- union locals, uh, unions of- associated with the AFL-CIO. Um, I think that there's a there's been a lot of more informal decentralized organize, organization of workers that maybe isn't necessarily under the auspices of of like kind of the official union structures um, that's really exploded. I think during the pandemic we saw that in, in all kinds of sectors of the workforce and um, and uh, and I think that you know there was like was it last year. During the fall, there was there was a whole bunch of of um, of strikes going on, so I, I do think there is this like, I think the pandemic kind of brought to the, like similar in some ways to maybe the '30s and and what the Great Depression did for the the heightening of like, of um, of class conflict. I think the pandemic did this, you know, did, did it played a similar role in recent years, of like really <laughs> highlighting the the egregious inequality in our country. And I mean, the fact that, you know, the, uh, the like CEOs and, 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 um, you know, the high, the highest earners in our country continued to make record profit. And I think some, some or many of them, like during the pandemic, uh, actually made more money. Well, like 
you know, working class people were uh, being forced to stay on the job. Uh, uh, many of them died because of that. Uh, you know, there was this the situation where, like, if you were a parent and you had to work, uh, and you you know your your kid got sick or had an exposure at school, then you were somehow supposed to uh, continue to work and like also stay home with your sick kid or quarantine kid. Like also all of these like impossible contradictions were kind of coming to, coming to a head during those years. And I think, I think that that really like radicalized a lot of people or politicized a lot of people and, and made the contradictions of capitalism, uh, very apparent. Like you couldn't, you, you, you just can't ignore it. Uh, a lot of people I just feel like couldn't ignore it anymore. And I think, and I think it drove a lot of people to like organize, you know, talk to their coworkers, organize with their coworkers and start to push back against some of that. Um, so, so to answer so back to your question, I feel like I have hope that we're in a moment of, of like increasing class consciousness. Um, and, and I think, you know, people uh, in the Catholic worker, um, I think this would be a great, this is like a great opportunity to connect with some, with, with some of that energy and to, to plug into, to unions and to support workers who are struggling for better working conditions on the job. Um, I feel like this is an important time, uh, important time to do that. And then the other thing I'll say is I, and another thing, another thing that kind of drew me to the labor movement and just to like organizing on, uh, at my, at my work was I think that there is a lot of ways in which uh, people these days are divided from each other. Um, and and I think uh, some of that division is like inevitable, even important. You know what I mean? Like I'm not saying I'm not trying to say like, oh, we should we should go hang out with you know whatever neo-nazis or something or uh, or people who are, you know, very uh who advocate for like the extermination of of groups certain groups of people uh but i think there's there is a lot of ways in which um capitalists and like kind of the economic elite have divided the working class uh unnecessarily divided the working class and i think the labor movement can be and i think it's all you know it's tragically failed at this in a lot of circumstances, but I think there's a way, a way in which the labor movement can be a thing that like brings, brings groups of people together that, that need to be working together to, to in order for the, in order for like the kind of death march of capitalism to be like curbed. Like, you know what I mean? Like we, we need people with like different ideological bents. We need people from different racial and ethnic backgrounds to be coming together with each other um, in solidarity, if if we if there's any hope of changing the course that we're on, um, and I feel like the the in my experience the labor movement is a better vehicle for that than like some of the the more kind of insular, often like anarchist activist scenes that I personally have been a part of, and not to like disparage that that milieu of folks like you know and i and i'm have been and in some ways still am very much a part of that and there's been a lot of good work that comes out of that like kind of uh, activist mentality and ethos 
but I feel like right now I'm more excited and hopeful about um, organizing that's like uh, where I am connected to more regular everyday people who I maybe don't agree with on every single aspect of uh, of like my politics. You know what I mean? Like that that to me is I I feel like where I need to be focusing my energy and and then I would you know I think argue that I think we need more Catholic workers in that in that space as well. I don't know if that makes sense uh, or not, but I, but I feel like that's kind of during this time where it feels like there's just so much division of the of the working class uh i feel like the labor movement is and focusing my energy on the labor movement is maybe a place where some of that division can be um overcome which which is a necessary which is necessary if we're gonna you know if we're gonna win so what does what does winning look like i mean you mentioned work being sacred work being generative what what is that dream that that we're moving towards Oh, that's, that's so good. Such a good question, Lydia. That's a good one. Uh, <laughs> I, yeah, I don't, I don't know. And I feel like, I feel like there is a, um, there are, are a lot, there are like, for me, so many different levels, uh, so many different levels of, of an answer to that. Like on the one hand, like I, I mean, I just would love it if my kids could grow up in a world where they don't have to like worry about <laughs> the fact that like a medical bill could bankrupt them. You know what I mean? Like, so that on the one hand, I'm like winning would be like, would be like, you know, maybe capitalism isn't abolished, but at least we have, uh, you know, a decent minimum wage, universal health care, like these kind of like these policies and and uh aspects of society that a lot of countries uh in the world do already do have so that would be sweet on that and in one sense that would be winning but i think in like a deeper sense you know and in in a and this is maybe a more spiritual sense for me is like is like exactly what you said like winning would be a world where where work is uh is like holy and and is not is not um a part of a system that is based on exploitation that that requires exploitation of workers in order to function um and so that obviously would be like the abolition of racial capitalism uh and, and capitalism that functions you know off of off of um all sorts of oppressions of of uh, of sort of groups of people. So I feel like that would be that would be uh, uh, another way in which you, I could think about about what winning would look like. But obviously that's that's far off. That's far off. But but I'm but I think part of my like spirituality and faith is that I, I have this. I try to cultivate a uh, a belief that it's possible. Um, at all times, I, I try to, I try to believe that even when it's really, really hard. And isn't that like the illogical piece of the Catholic worker and, and Christianity yeah. in general, that, that redemption is somehow possible and, and we're yep. moving towards it. Totally. Even when we fail all the time, it's still possible. Well, other things that you want to highlight, things we haven't touched on about labor that would be important for us to think about. 
I think maybe one thing I, I do want to add, because I want to go back to this piece just for a second of like the labor, you, the sorry, the labor movement being a place that um, that I think could like could kind of bring people together that need to be working together in order for capitalism to be curtailed or or destroyed. So going back to that, going back to that piece, like I think it's important to name that the labor movement. Well, well, I do, I do think that's true. The labor movement historically, and and especially in its like, in its more formal kind of form, like in these organizations that you know people in the IWW would call like business unions, like like these these labor these bureaucratic labor structures that have taken shape. Um, kind of like in the wake of workers organizing themselves. Uh, there have been times in history where, where, where the labor movement and particularly these organizations have participated in the division, the division of, of groups of people, especially around race. Like, you know, there have been a lot of, um, unfortunately, tragically, like very, very racist labor union leaders uh, who have, uh, you know, maybe not allowed certain uh, ethnic or racial groups of people into their unions. Um, so th there is this history, this very tragic history where the labor movement has participated in, instead of working to like build solidarity amongst different groups of people have participated in white supremacy um, and, and, uh, and kind of upheld that, you know, that, that system. Um, so I just want to name that, that like, it's not like the labor movement is like, uh, like, it's not, it's not like the labor movement isn't, um, guilty of participating in, in systems of, of racism and sexism and, and patriarchy. And, um, but, but it, but I think when, when, uh, but then I think there are a lot of examples of ways that, uh, organizing around, around work and around class and economics has brought groups of people together um, in a way that does that does combat white supremacy. Um, like a really good example is like, and this is a history I don't know a ton about, but the the uh, the meat cutters union in um, in Chicago and in Milwaukee during like the the 40s to the 60s, it was a it was a very um, a very multiracial industry. And the union was like very, for the time, uh, very radical in its in its like stance of uh, it, the ways in which it combated racism on the job, and in its uh, its leadership structure was diverse. Um, and so there have been times in in history where the the labor union the labor movement has like uh, you know done a good job in in building that solidarity in a real in a real way. So yeah, so I just want to I got just name that it's it's the history is complicated and it's not like the labor you, you movement is immune to um you know to to racism and and uh, other forms of identity oppression for sure. Yeah, it seems like it's the story of of every every organization that seeks to do good. Um course, yeah. that of we course. we all have our struggles at some point. Totally. Totally. Yeah, no, well, it's so true. Thanks so much, Joe, for joining us. I think Theo's been having some connection problems, so he's periodically been dropping and yeah, sure. coming back. I don't actually know if he's still on the call at this point. <laughs> um, 
Um, but yeah, we really appreciate you taking the time to to talk about labor in part in part because it had played such a large part of the Catholic worker, and and it really isn't a piece that I think we have the same focus on today. Totally, yeah. No, I I agree with you. And there are, I mean, there's so many cool stories about the the Catholic workers' involvement in the labor movement in those early years that I highly recommend people people check out. I mean, Dorothy wrote a lot about them. There, it's easy to find. Uh, but yeah, I, 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 my hope would be that that uh, the Catholic worker movement becomes a place where, where the labor movement and and connecting with with uh, labor struggles is like, um, it, as prevalent as uh, as uh, engagement in anti-war protests, for example. Good stuff. Good stuff. Well, I'm sorry, Theo, that you were having some connectivity issues during Joe's interview. Yeah, it's a bummer, but luckily it got recorded and now I can listen to it over and over again on the Coffee with Catholic Workers podcast. You've got it on repeat, right? Just playing it all day long to really absorb Joe's thoughts on labor. It's in the mix. Basically, I just listen all the way through the catalog and then start over again. So it'll become part of the rotation. (laughs) Nice, nice. Well, I really appreciated talking with Joe. Um, I I really liked the grounding that he brought. Uh, I feel like the series has been a lot of fun of pulling some of like the historical aspects and the theoretical aspects. Uh, and now this was like, okay, but, but what does it like really mean? What does it look like this intersection of both like labor and human lives? Yeah, I think as I reflected on talking to Joe, one thing that stood out to me is that he talked about that he himself was a unionized worker. He was a meat cutter and part of his union as such. And I think that that's maybe something that is missing from a lot of Catholic workers' lives is that there is this difference between being a Catholic worker as is most often experienced by those in the movement and being a worker, like being somebody who has to earn their living with their time and labor under capitalism. And I think it does lead us to different understandings to be a worker than we will have to be a Catholic worker uh, as it is currently manifest mostly in the movement. So it's kind of been Theo's hot take for a little while. And and I'm, I'm gonna give my hot take right now that more work Catholic workers should spend more time working at places like being a meat cutter or something like that. During the pandemic, I spent some time away from the movement and kind of had a normal job. And it even worked, I worked at Target for a while, it was one of the places I worked. And it was way interesting to be in that position as a worker instead of a Catholic worker. 
and particularly during the beginning of the pandemic and stuff. But it was like the experiences of Catholic workers who are like their own bosses was different than that of workers who were forced to continue to work in unsafe conditions, you know. Even just like being sick at a Catholic worker is different than being sick as a wage laborer. You know, I can just stay home from the soup kitchen and hopefully everyone else will pick up the slack. But you might get in trouble at your workplace for just trying to take a sick day. You might not get paid for not being there, which is a burden for so many folks. And just like being in relationship to workers is different when you are amongst them rather than like in a Catholic worker position of like leading a quasi charitable organization is what it looks like sometimes, you know? Uh, so I think that there is a lot to learn for Catholic workers to have a job and to be in real relationship with workers elsewhere. And I think that that's like a perspective that Joe had that not that some other Catholic workers don't and that he spoke about, which we have not really heard about on the podcast. yet. Yeah, yeah, it's it is interesting sometimes the lack of intersection. I think both Rosalie and Lincoln referenced it somewhat of the way that that the Catholic worker as a movement has moved away from in particular the labor movement um, and in some ways in its focus on uh, the worker or labor in general. And I'm definitely someone who's sort of guilty of that. I, I work but I'm mostly besides well I guess there's like several years in my like teen years that I picked strawberries with like migrant workers. Um, but beyond that, I've always worked white collar jobs very different from um, the idea of the worker in what Dorothy and Peter were starting with. Yeah, that's something uh, Brian Terrell talks about sometimes, and I'm sure we'll have him on the show if we uh, stick around long enough. But that Nowadays, there's like a lot of grad school uh, student type people in the movement compared to before. Like a lot of people have master's degrees, if you know, and stuff, it, or maybe even just a undergrad degree. But that it used to be, yeah, a lot more working class. It, it was not as educated. It wasn't quite from those same backgrounds. And so, will we inevitably? think about labor less if the folks joining the Catholic worker movement aren't from a labor background, aren't from families that of laborers and stuff, maybe. Yeah, I mean, proportionally more of the U.S. population has undergraduate degrees than, I guess, if we're to look back decades ago. But but yeah, it, it is true. It, it's a different type of it's a different category of person that that the worker begins attracting with that. Um, I don't I don't really know. I don't really know what that means or where to go with that. Yeah, it's hard to know where to go with it because we're kind of where we are. Um, but what one one thing kind of related that maybe the one line that I took away the most from Joe's 
conversation was he mentioned that in, in the Catholic worker movement, he was like never out on a picket line. He was never invited out on a, a picket line. And, and there have been Catholic workers in modern times doing that uh, from time to time for sure. But I think it's a mostly true observation and it's not one I've ever thought about. I, I don't know if I mentioned it on the Theo episode we recorded a while back, but like I grew up in like a union household. So like growing up, I did go to picket lines when the grocery store workers were on strike, when the strawberry workers wanted support. Uh, we were out on the picket line uh, as kids and stuff. And that was educational and transformative. Um, and it, it, it did make me just reflect that I'm part of this group that is like kind of seeking a more just world, but that that thing going to support striking workers has not been in recent times a major part of the movement, though it has been in my life before coming to the Catholic worker. Hmm. Interesting. Well, maybe that's something we'll have to think about um, or that we'll have to ask all of you, our listeners, to think about of in what ways can your Catholic workers, uh, your Catholic worker houses or farms or your friends who share similar thought can become more involved either in organized labor or in the shifting the idea of labor and work. Because it's, it's sort of these two different things, like labor as this organized labor movement and labor as this idea of, of what it means to work. Um, one of the things I really appreciated that Joe talked about was this idea of like work being sacred and labor being sacred uh, with this idea that we're not pushing away from work. Anybody within a Catholic worker community knows that it's a lot of work. Um, even creating this podcast is a lot of work, uh, but that there's this creativeness to it is sacred. Um, it's sort of what humanity was created to do, to work and create. I think that's a wonderful reflection to end this three-part series on. Great. Well, then that wraps up for us our series on labor. If you want to reach out to us with any comments, suggestions, or clarification of thought, uh, you can always reach out to us at our email, which is coffeewithcatholicworkers at gmail.com. We want to thank Chris from the Bloomington Catholic Worker with help editing, David Hayes for our music, Becky McIntyre for our graphic. Thanks for joining us again for some clarification of thought. We hope today's conversation and discussion have been enlightening and maybe even that you're encouraged to go out and help build a world where it's easier to be good. <laughs>